Well, the Apostles' Creed provides a firm foundation for the vast majority of the global church. It declares all that we agree on. There are a lot of little BBD. You would, it's hard for, for me to help everybody understand this. Well, not everybody, but sometimes it's hard for people to realize this. Uh, with all the variety, variety of denominations and non-denominations in the world, we agree on about 90%. It's a 10% of variety uh, that uh, is different. Uh, we've been investigating, though, what unites us as we look at the Apostles' Creed. And the largest section of the Apostles' Creed talks about Jesus, God's Son, God the Son, our Savior and King. Uh, it's, uh, it's had me singing my, a song from my childhood for the last few weeks. Uh, I'm not going to sing it Uh, but the words go like this. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of Kings is he, the Lord of Lords Supreme throughout eternity. The great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Now, until yesterday, I thought that's all there was to that. And I Googled it because I wanted to make sure I got the words right. There's uh, a about eight or nine more verses to that song. Uh, you're welcome. I'm just going to go with one I know. They're, they're full of good stuff, but it's... Uh, um, I looked at that and then I smiled because uh, I hear people uh, song, all those modern songs, they just repeat the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And then I looked at that song and I went, and they just kept saying, let's talk about Jesus. And they did it one more time. Let's talk about Jesus. And they did it one more time. And they, yeah. oh, never mind. It's just one of those things I find interesting. There's stuff you don't like. Just say you don't like it. It's okay. Don't make up reasons. Uh, Paul, uh, the first century church harasser turned missionary, uh, describes Jesus in his letter to a younger church leader named Titus. He talks about Jesus, and he writes a letter to a young church leader named Titus, giving a letter called Titus. Um, it's in the New Testament, or what we, the portion of the Bible we call the New Testament. Paul had left Titus on the island of Crete with an assignment of appointing leaders for all the congregations there. I don't know how many were there. Uh, but in this short letter uh, to Titus, Paul uh, imports, uh, uh, imparts some important instructions uh, about what to teach. And uh, the focus, the big part of it is on Jesus. Going to look at Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, and then chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. 
I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. It's a little different. Now, if you're using the Uversion app, you'll, uh, you'll be able to follow along easily because that's what's in there, in the, again, notes. Uh, otherwise, you'll be able to follow along because it's in English. It's just going to have some things that aren't quite exactly like what you have in, in your version. Chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, God's marvelous grace is manifested in person, bringing salvation for everyone. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles, and it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. For we continue to wait for the fulfillment of our hope in the dawning splendor of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus the Anointed One. He sacrificed himself for us that he might purchase our freedom from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people who are his very own, passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. Chapter 3, verses 3 to 7. It wasn't that long ago that we behaved foolishly in our stubborn disobedience. We were easily led astray as slaves to worldly passions and pleasures. We wasted our lives in doing evil with hateful jealousy and hated others. When the extraordinary compassion of God our Savior and his overpowering love suddenly appeared in person as the brightness of a dawning day, he came to save us, not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of his extravagant mercy. He saved us, resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. We are made completely new by the Holy Spirit whom he splashed over us richly by Jesus, the Messiah, our life giver. So as a gift of his love, and since we are faultless and innocent before him, we can now become heirs of all things, all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. Okay. There's a lot of stuff in there, and Frankly, I've preached a whole sermon series on, on, on one of those texts, so no, I'm not going to do that today. Here's a, here, I'm going to give you the bullet summaries, uh, bullet point summary real quick. Jesus, the anointed one, is our saving God. I, I, just right at the beginning, uh, the, right smack dab in the middle of chapter 2's text, Titus chapter 2, uh, verses 11 to 14 we're waiting for the dawning splendor of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus. Our Savior is Jesus. Our God is Jesus, the Anointed One. The Anointed One is our Savior God. Jesus brought salvation for everyone. No one is excluded from his invitation. No one. Um, 
God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, and Jesus anoints us with the Holy Spirit and power. The same Spirit. Jesus sets us free from the deadly attitudes we had, and he fills us with new life-giving beliefs. New beliefs always create create new ways of acting. If not, then we're living in denial or, or hypocrisy because frankly, we're saying this is true, but I'm still living this way. We're saying this is true, but I'm living like it's not true. So here's the sermon in a sentence. I'm going to give it to us right up front. It's simple, it's short, it's sweet, it has three words. Belief builds behavior. Belief builds behavior. So what does it mean? Let's talk about this real quick. What does it mean for Jesus to be the anointed one? For those of us with the more traditional translations, Christ, Jesus Christ, Christ means anointed one. What does that mean? It means Jesus is the ultimate messenger or prophet. God became both the messenger and the message by communicating to us through God the Son, Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can completely deliver or deliver the complete revelation of God to us because he is God. God is Jesus, so God can... Jesus can tell us what God is like and show us what God is like. And only Jesus can usher us into God's presence because he's God. Belief builds behavior. So here's the question. How does your belief in Jesus' message build your behavior? How does it empower you to love others as he loves you? Because that's the question. That's that's what he wants us to do. That's how he wants to shape our lives. That's, that's the whole thing. He, he boils it all down to this. The, the, all the commands, all the things that we're supposed to do boil down to two, two commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And he further defined that as they will know your disciples was you love each other as I have loved you. Oh, and do you remember the passage of scripture we just read from 1 John that tells us what love is? Because most of you and me, when we hear the word love, we think warm, fuzzy feelings. We think nice things about people. Now, that's not necessarily out of the question. But the Apostle John said, this is how we know what love is. He gave his life for us. And we're to give our lives for others. So that's the question I'm asking. How does your belief in Jesus' message who God is and what he wants us to be empower you to love others the way he loves you? His love for you is sacrificial. That's the first thing. He's the ultimate message, prophet. 
Jesus, secondly, is the eternal high priest. God became both the priest and the sacrifice by surrendering his life for us on the cross when he died, when Jesus died. He remains our priest, though, because he was raised from the dead on third day, and now he lives for us to always pray for us. He intercedes for us. He is constantly interceding and praying for us. So belief builds behavior. So how does your belief in Jesus' sacrifice build your behavior? How do you follow his example? Again, how do you follow his example of giving yourself for others, of praying and interceding and seeking God's best for the people around you? Third way that Jesus is the only one, he is the king of kings. He is the king of all kings everywhere. Of all the everywheres we could ever imagine. If, we, if there's an everywhere we haven't discovered yet, he is still the king of that king. Whatever kings there may be in the everywheres we haven't ever, ever discovered yet. Whatever. Is that clear? I'm afraid the more I say it, the more confused I get. Uh, this king, the Jesus, this our king, he has come. He has come. God's grace appeared in person. That Jesus in person is, is God's grace. His grace appeared in person about 2,000 years ago when Jesus was Conceived and then born in a manger and walked in the little streets of Nazareth and Egypt and or Egypt and then Nazareth and grew up and, and, and the whole life of Jesus. We got the stories in, in the, the records in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the story of and the record of Jesus' grace, of God's grace in person, walking the the, the paths of Palestine. The king has come. The king is here. Jesus has never failed to keep his promise to be with us. Even though he has ascended and is seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, he is still here. He is still with us. He has always kept his promise. He said, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded them. And baptizing them, and I will always be with you. He's still here. Through the presence and the power of his Holy Spirit, he is, as the songwriter put it, he is as close as the mention of his name. <clears throat> I know we like, you know, we kind of have this picture in our minds that heaven's so out there, way off somewhere. I don't know how this works, folks. Heaven is as close as the mention of his name. Because seated next to the throne, and he's right here with us.
that's not it. The king has come. The king is still here. The king is coming back. Jesus launched God's kingdom family's invasion of this broken, rebellious world um, when he came. And he's working in and through his people, his church, his kingdom family to expand the kingdom across the globe. He started with 12 disciples. He left 120 praying in a, in a room before Pentecost. Just follow the numbers here. It's just, this is just in the book of Acts. So there were 12 disciples, and then there were 120 praying, and then there were 3,000 added to their number on the day of Pentecost, and then shortly after that, there were 5,000, and then there were people added to their number daily, and that's when they stopped at putting numbers in. I don't know. Who just figured? Forget the numbers. <laughs> it just kept growing. It just kept growing. And they said, there are now nearly a fourth of the world's population say they follow Jesus now. And there are, that means billions. And there's still, the kingdom is still growing. Millions People around the world say yes to Jesus every single day. I don't know about you, but one of the first things that makes me want to do is go, why they're not here? Why them and not us? <clears throat> Thank the Lord for Africa and Asia and other parts of the world where things are going great guns, Jesus. Don't forget us. Well, I get that's a whole other sermon. There's going to be a series coming. I don't know. We'll see. But we're waiting for the final victory. There is going to come a day when everybody will see him, even the ones who pierced him. They will see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and every knee will bow. Some of us with practice, some of us with joy. Yes! He's my king. Others in abject terror. Oh no, he is the king. Belief builds behavior. So how does your belief in King Jesus build your behavior? How do you cooperate with the Holy Spirit to expand God's kingdom family? In our brokenness, which does not disappear overnight. When Paul kind of indicates that, you know, God's grace teaches us to 
to say no to these things in our daily living and yes to these things. So these things are broken in us. We say no to them in our daily living. We have to daily be changed by these things and say yes to these things. In our brokenness, we often tend to guard our, our, our self-interest and, and cast an image to people uh, that we want them to have of us. This goes way back. This is one of the first symptoms of our rebellions. This is a deeply selfish result of our rebellion against God's love. It goes clear back to Adam and Eve. Adam, where are you? I was hiding. Why were you hiding? Because that woman that you gave me, by the way, she gave me fruit to eat. You? Hey, it wasn't my fault. That snake that tricked me. It's all like, hey, I'm really the innocent victim here. Both of them. Really a good person. But when God's amazing grace begins to invade our lives, it transforms our focus on who we want are, uh, who we want people to think we are, who we want God to think we are. And, and, and we it transfers that forms that focus into Jesus' focus on other people. I mean, that's how we are able to learn to love people like he does. We begin to see people like he does. The Holy Spirit fills us with God's sacrificial love a little bit by little bit because he has to take out all the stuff that's in the way. Belief builds behavior. Well, I'm going to do something different this morning. We often pray at the end of the sermon. But we're going to sing today. We're going to sing our praise to the King. We're going to sing a short, simple song, but it's packed with powerful truth. There's something, there's just something about that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. Everywhere, even the everywhere we don't know about yet, they'll all pass away. The king has come. The king is here. The king is coming. Jesus is the center of God's plan to transform and restore our broken, fallen world. But you and I are central to the Holy Spirit's mission to proclaim Jesus to every person. Everybody needs to know. 
Holy Spirit works in and through us to do far more than we could ever imagine or guess or request or even in our wildest dreams, thank God. Holy Spirit renews our minds and transforms our lives. As a result, then, Jesus can touch people through us. You are sent to love everyone, everywhere, every day. You are sent. Go to Jesus. <laughs>